Hello, and welcome to the Half Blind Hecklers, episode 77. So we have a different show today. We've got fewer stories, sources, or fewer stories that are going to be included in the main segment of the show, but after the show is completed, I'm going to be doing a special. And that special will be on the timeline of how the pandemic has gone and the key pieces of information that the media left out or that they ignored that they tried to make you forget about and what changes should have been done at those key points in time. So that's going to be after the main show, but today in the main show, we are going to be covering a few different things. So first off, we're going to be covering about the Washington Post retraction about how the whole thing was a hoax, about how other stories and other news networks also printed the same story, the same anonymous source. It was all fake. It was all a hoax. And we're going to be talking about that. Then we're going to talk about how the Pentagon and how the military has rebuked Tucker Carlson for attacking a, quote, feminine military. Then we're going to have a quick story about how tear gas was used in a Montreal anti-lockdown protest and how Dutch police broke up a protest over in the Netherlands and how, of course, I saw this coming, and how if we don't stop this now, things will only get worse. So jumping right in to today's topics, this is how we're going to do it. So of course, the story was a hoax. This is the news.com.au. Donald Trump hits out after stunning Washington Post retraction. So the Washington Post published an astonishing retraction two months after a bombshell story about a phone call between Trump and an election investigator in Georgia. The newspaper reported in January that the then-president had spoken to Francis Watts, Francis Watson in December, asking her to, quote, find the fraud in the state and that she would be a, quote, national hero if she did. Numerous other U.S. media outlets, including CNN, ABC, NBC, and USA Today, all subsequently claimed that they had confirmed the Washington Post's reporting. So, but a newly surfaced recording, which had been deleted from Ms. Watson's device, but was only recovered by officials responding to a Freedom of Information request that revealed the quotes attributed to Mr. Trump and relayed to, relayed to media by an anonymous source, were false. The Washington Post added a lengthy correction to its original story on Monday, admitting that it had misquoted Mr. Trump based on information provided by a source. Correction. Two months after publication of this story, the Georgia Secretary of State released an audio recording of President Donald Trump. December phone call with the state's top election investigator. The recording revealed that the Post misquoted Trump's comments on the call based on information provided by a source. Trump did not tell the investigator to find the fraud or say that she would be a national hero if she did so. Instead, he urged the investigator to scrutinize ballots in Fulton County, Georgia, asserting that he, she would find, quote, dishonesty there. He also told her that she had the most important job in the country right now. A story about the recording can be found here. The headline and text of the story have been corrected to remove quotes attributed to Trump. So that's big. That's really, really big. And it, it shows something about how the mainstream media that we have in our society, both in the United States and Canada and all around the world, as long as it fits within their narrative, the media is willing to not only stretch the truth, they are willing to tell outright and flamboyant lies to try and push their narrative. And of course, that is exceptionally troublesome. And 
especially considering that there is a large segment of the population around the world that trusts these media sources to be factual and to be presenting them with the truth, it presents a large problem because the people that are going to be reading these stories are going to be believing them by their very nature. They're not going to be doubting them because a lot of these people trust these media sources despite their obvious unreliable nature. Now, if they're, we can kind of assume, we can kind of tell that if they were caught here, there's probably lots of other instances where they weren't caught. Following me? Yeah. If, like, this story was made very public and it was only exposed after somebody had put in a Freedom of Information request. It's a lot of time and effort to put in a freedom of information request on every single source. And so whenever these, new, whenever these newspapers, whenever these websites, whenever these media sources say, oh yes, it was an anonymous source, that's pretty much a guarantee that it was false. Let's look back. Even, like, if we remember before the election, there was that whole, like, Trump calling veterans and Marines losers. And how he's like, oh, I don't understand why they would do it. They're like, they don't get anything out of it. Like that entire story was made by a quote, anonymous source. And multiple sources were like, no, that's completely false. It is totally out there. It's wrong. So why would anybody trust these media sources? I think a lot of it has to do with, even though they sort of know that they're unreliable, they trust them because they confirm their biases. Now, I admit myself to reading a lot of sources and to watching a lot of reports and a lot of videos from organizations that I like. I watch the podcasts from The Daily Wire. I watch Tucker Carlson. I watch Tim Pool. Now, Tim Pool is, of course, fairly centrist, which is why I watch him, because he usually has a fairly balanced approach of things. But I'm not going to be watching CNN. I'm not going to be watching MSNBC to get my news. I watch those sources because then they give me the news and then they give me commentary. And it is reliable. And if they make a mistake, then they will make an open retraction as soon as possible. Whereas the Washington Post, even though they knew the story was false, they didn't print a retraction until they had to, until they were forced to. And that's a common problem with the left, is that they'll print these stories which people know are false. And they won't ever admit that they are false until somebody calls them out on it. This doesn't happen on the right. It does not happen. And it's because the mainstream media establishment basically assumes that nobody will call them out because they have such immense control. And their establishments, which they're kind of friends with, like Facebook and Twitter, go out of their way to try and silence other sources of media that go against them. One of these sources of media, which they don't like, is called the Epic Times. The Epic Times is a newspaper that goes against the Chinese government. So this is one that was published, of course, a few days. Actually, it was published today. So Trump responds to the Washington Post correction on his call with Georgia election investigator. So we issued a lengthy statement regarding the Washington Post correction. 
Uh, in a statement to news outlets, he appreciates the correction, would further appreciate a strong investigation into allegations of election fraud in Georgia's Fulton County, as well as an investigation into what he called the Stacey Abrams political machine. Trump's campaign advisor also weighed in, saying time for some other media outlets to correct their fake news story. As well, you know who you are. So, yeah, that makes sense. Why wouldn't we investigate this? Like, when he was talking to his Georgia elections investigator, they were like, oh yeah, we, we're only concerned with finding the truth. Well, clearly not. Fulton County was one of the most problematic counties in the entire country, and nothing changed despite video evidence of election tampering and, and electioneering fraud. I didn't say that quite right, but it's true. There was video evidence that there were 24 ballots that were at least counted illegally. If you want to bet how many of those were Biden, I'm going to probably say about 99%. That'd be a good estimate. Biden won Georgia by 12,000 ballots. Where's the questions? Where's the real investigation? Where's the signature audit of Fulton County? They, called for, they asked for a signature audit in Georgia. The only county in which they gave them a signature audit was the county next to it. That's problematic. That is utterly, clearly dishonest. Yeah, we want a signature audit of Fulton County. Yeah, I get that it's the biggest county in the state and probably right now won't change anything because they already kind of manipulated and protected the system to make it so Biden would win. But people need to be able to trust elections. They need to be able to trust elections more than they are able to trust the mainstream media. Right now, trust in elections and trust in the media are at all-time lows, at least for the past hundred years. And that is not acceptable. We need to fix the issues with the election before things spiral out of control. Kind of talking about things a little bit spiraling out of control. We talked about the Tucker Carlson, which Pentagon rebuked the Fox host for attacking feminine military. This is such a ridiculous story. So the Pentagon has condemned a Fox News host who called efforts to support female soldiers a mocker, mockery of the U.S. military. So one of the most popular hosts on the network attacked the measures during his Tuesday program. This was last week. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby and Mr. Carlson's program said Mr. Carlson's program essentially demeaned the entire U.S. military and hoped he would realize his error. Other jobs brass, as well as veterans groups, have also rebuked Mr. Carlson. It follows comments that Joe Biden made on International Women's Day. You know what he actually said? Pregnant women are going to fight our wars because he was deriding military maternity flight suits. He said it's a mockery of the U.S. military. While China's military becomes more masculine and it assembled the world's largest navy, our military, as Joe Biden says, needs to become more feminine. That's, it's, it's true. We should not even have maternity flight suits. We should not have maternity gear for any fighting force, ever. It's ridiculous. It's, it's not out there to say that. It's not something egregious. It's not something outrageous. 
pregnant women are in a vulnerable state. I would know that fairly well. My wife has been pregnant with our kids four times. Does she need extra help when she's pregnant? Yes. Is she capable of doing as much around the house and doing as much work? No. You know why? Because she's growing a tiny human inside of her. And that's great. I admire her for it. She was strong. But just because she's strong and carrying a child does not mean that she's going to be strong at fighting in the military. Especially during that time. That's ridiculous. You cannot have people who are physically, emotionally, and mentally compromised, which is pretty much true when we are in, when women are pregnant, in the military. It does not create a strong, unified fighting force, which is the first and predominant goal of the military, to protect and fulfill the nation's will, the nation's desires, and do everything that they command of them. And the, the main focus of the military when they are in combat is to be a deadly fighting force. They cannot be a deadly fighting force if there are pregnant women. There was recently actually a new report came out that said that the majority of women fail the, the unisex test, testing for the U.S. military. 90, over 90% of men pass. The majority of women fail. That is because it is a verifiable scientific fact that men are stronger, faster, and have greater endurance than women. They are better suited for fighting roles. I'm not, to say, I'm not saying that women cannot succeed in the military. No, they can. I'm saying that men are better suited for it. And that we should not be trying to make the military more feminine. We should be trying to make the, the military more masculine because that means they are stronger, faster, and more deadly. They also did a study that showed that all male units are better. This was several years ago, so this was before all this kind of woke nonsense came out. All male units of the military are better. This is a statistical fact. It is undeniable. Now, some women can add a lot of things to the military. They have a certain way of thinking which could add a different opinion on the battlefield. I'm not saying that women are useless. I'm just saying that when it comes to purely physical things, men are better. It happens. And there are a lot of other things which women are better at than men. It's part of having two genders in our society. And then after all of this, so Ted Cruz, good on you, Teddy, demanded a meeting with Marine Corps leadership after inexplicably appropriate attacks on Tucker Carlson. So Senator Cruz took aim at the ostentatiously childish and simply outrageous statements and videos released by members and units of the United States military in response to a segment on TCT. I'm deeply troubled that the commitments you made, the military's broader obligation to avoid political endorsements and controversy, are being systematically undermined for the sake of left-wing ideology and political expediency, the Texas Republican wrote. Cruz then said the Pentagon launched systematic public attacks against te television host Tucker Carlson that in substance, tone, and political resonance are inexplicably inappropriate. This is true. If this had happened to, say, Cenk Uyghur, 
or Anderson Cooper, Don Lemon, if the military had gone out of their way to lambast these people that are clearly on the left, especially if this was during the time when Trump was still officially the president of the United States, if this had happened, there would have been calls that Trump was a fascist because he was because the military was lashing out the free speech of these journalists and they would probably be right the military should be apolitical unless a political party is of course threatening the safety and security of the nation or that post Tucker Carlson did not do anything to endanger the safety and security of the nation now of course they could have said yeah I don't agree with him but that's not what they said. They're like, well, like, he's ridiculous and he doesn't have any of this. And all these semi, all these groups in the military were all going after Tucker Carlson, deriding him, attacking him, saying that he basically shouldn't have a voice in public. This is really sketchy stuff coming from the United States military. So. Yeah, Cruz added that he was deeply concerned about these behaviors, what these behaviors mean for the future direction of the armed forces. And, of course, this is far beneath the dignity of the United States military. And one of them called him, even called him a boomer. Get right before you get left. Like, this is... This is really sketchy stuff coming from the United States military. And if, if this had been a few years ago, this would have been called out as tyranny and fascism. You've not gone over many, many times that fascism is something of the left, not of the right. But talking about fascism, tear gas used at Montreal anti-lockdown protest. So thousands of Quebecers took to the Montreal streets on Saturday, Saturday, on protest of Premier Legault's lockdown measures. These measures are strict and include a 8 p.m. curfew for everyone. So Westphalian Times editor. Sorry. Apologies, my baby was crying. Moving on. So the Westphalian Times editor Marie Oaks estimated between 3,000 5,000 attendees. Protests showed up initially, followed by thousands more. Footage shows massive crowds marching down Saint-Denis in Montreal, as you can see. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's great. So, and of course, this is all video coverage. The problem was that the police were out in full force and used megaphones, warning attendees to socially distance or face fines in the thousands. Especially, eventually, backup arrived in the SPVM. I'm not sure what that acronym stands for. I'm sure, it sounds for police, Montreal, whatever. Began shouting protesters. According to Oaks, one protester yelled over the intercom, This is a peaceful protest. You don't have to do this. People are peaceful here. You're the violent ones. There's a woman lying on the ground. Police then began deploying tear gas with no warning to the crowd. This led the editor to herself getting hit with a canister of tear gas. So I don't think this is. Yeah, this is. When they're just shoving, but I'll show you the one about the tear gas. So I'll just, just play on it right now. Hey! 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 
you can... There's clearly tear gas being used in that video. And police in full riot gear. So, this is a couple days ago from that story. But that's kind of crazy. This is a fully peaceful riot. No, not a riot. There's a fully peaceful protest. There's no violence whatsoever. Of course, completely opposite from the BLM riots and the BLM protests that you saw over the summer across the world, especially in the United States. And in those riots and those protests, the police backed off and let them riot, let them protest, let them burn down $2 billion in property damage, doing nothing. But this group waving Canadian flags and having signs that be like, end the lockdown, end the tyranny, yada yada. Like, fully peaceful, not, not making any issues, not having any problems whatsoever, and the police deploy tear gas against them. Does that make sense to you? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. It is tyranny. This is the stuff, this is the actions that a tyrant makes. And threatening these protesters, which are exercising their legal charter rights as given to us by the law of the land, and that should be enforced and protected by the police, the police do not care because the police are only carrying out the orders from their superiors, and their superiors do not want anybody questioning the lockdowns. They don't want anybody questioning the government narrative. This is, like, this is only the beginning. Of course, this, this Saturday, there's going to be a worldwide protest. Hopefully, we'll have big numbers. I'm going to be ashamed of my city if we don't have over 5,000 people. Ashamed if we don't have 5,000 people. We should be able to beat Montreal. Because we're a conservative place. We're a conservative province. We should be going out and we should be protesting. And we should be doing the right thing. Oh yeah, I can't see. I forgot that I made promises on Saturday that I'm not going to be able to keep. Hehe. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Well, I can make them later on in the day. That's okay. But. Yeah, we should be able to peacefully protest. We should be able to march. We should be able to rally. But stuff like this is only encouraging people to get violent in response to the actions of the police. There was another incident that also happened over the weekend. So Dutch police break up anti-government protest on eve of election. So Dutch police used a water cannon. Officers on horseback galloped across a park in the Hague on Sunday to break up protest against the government in its tough coronavirus lockdown. They tweeted that they deployed riot officers to break up the protest after hundreds of people defied repeated calls to go home. Yeah, they can't call people to go home if they're peacefully protesting. I don't know what the rights are there in Netherlands, but I hope that they have that right to peacefully protest. Earlier, they arrested one man for attacking an officer with a stick. Well, that's different. That's an act of assault. That's different. A unknown number of protesters were arrested as police broke up the demonstration. They saw a police dog bite one man as he was arrested by baton-wielding officers before the police ended the process. Several people carried homemade banner emblazoned with the text in Dutch, Love and freedom, no dictatorship. This is crazy. Like, do you see any really violent people in this group? Nope. They're, these people are not violent. These protesters are not violent. They are trying to convey a message saying that they are dissatisfied with the actions that the government is taking 
because the government is trying to lock them down in perpetuity. I have said before that if we do not civilly disobey now and end the lockdown now, then later on, later come winter when coronavirus comes back and the, defies the vaccines because the vaccines aren't that effective against the new variants and the variants come in massive numbers, then they'll lock down again and it'll be harder than ever seen. And then people will have had enough and there will be violent riots and there will be businesses and homes and buildings burned down. There will be anarchy in our streets. And then when the government comes to shut that down, there will be a form of tyranny like we have never seen before. This is what we want to avoid. This is what decent, hardworking, fair-minded, justice-centered individuals want to avoid. But the government does not care. The government only wants to push its narrative, push its agenda, and make sure that we are all complying with their nonsense ideals. Because that's what they want. They want a compliant, obedient populace. Not one that stands up, not one that resists, not one that questions their authority, but they want a compliant populace willing to beg for the simplest of rights. And that is why we must oppose them. That is why we must stand. So that's going to be the end of our main segment of today's episode. I get that today's a shorter episode. It's only 25 minutes long. But you'll realize later, I'm going to update at the end of this episode, right after this, I'm going to talk about the timeline, which I talked about at the beginning of the episode. So if you've been watching until this point, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Share it with your friends. Friends, not friends. Mowage. <laughs> And of course, comments. We'll engage with almost every comment that comes our way. We'll try to, at least. If you're on YouTube, I don't know what to tell you. Part of this video is probably going to be on YouTube. Maybe. Probably the part about Tucker Carlson, but not the part about Trump. I'm going to have to start like segmenting the stuff that's going up on YouTube. Um, then if you're on any of our podcast platforms, don't forget to download, continue sharing these videos with your friends. And if you want to support our channel, uh, you can find our website on any of our podcast pages. So that's going to be it for tonight. And I'll see everybody when I upload the second segment. So see you in a bit. Good night. God bless.